God morning. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and I'm dedicating today's podcast to Shirlene. I hope I get to add you as a new listener. So good to see you. God bless you. Let us pray in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy God and thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. And let us pray from forward day by day. These are daily devotions for disciples. And that's us. Luke chapter 8 verse 14. As for what fell among the thorns, these are the ones who hear. But as they but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Wow. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Then pay attention how you listen, for to those who have more will be given, and from those who do not have, even what they seem to have will be taken away. Listeners, when we hear this reading from the Gospel of Luke, we focus on the injustice is what we perceive. How can it be fair that those who have little will lose what little they have? But as we prepare for this meditation, you want to spend time with the first part of the verse. It says, then pay attention to how you listen for those who have more will be given. Perhaps a key to instruction here is about our growth and our potential for growth in Christ if we're invested in, in expanding and our understanding. Maybe just maybe with better listening, we're equipping ourselves to carry forth what we're hearing and learning better positioning ourselves to live the evangelism that we're being called to do. And it may be that we who have listened a bit better will walk alongside Christ as he shares with those who may not have listened as well at first. Amen. Jeremiah 29 verse 7 
but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Love it. And Luke 8, verse 38, the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. Amen. The challenging message from Jesus is for us to go and to go out and declare his word. Gotta love it. Jonah chapter one, verse three. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. The story of Jonah in the belly of the whale receives quite a lot of attention. But you will find in the beginning of the story, it's quite fascinating because Jonah's initial reaction to God's instruction is to flee. It's a compelling narrative and such a human response. So what happens to us when we're confronted with a call for help? There is a process, and I'm not too proud to say, we all go through it. We review the situation. We look at the time that we have to respond. We weigh how it is involved and what we want to do. Maybe Jonah had the same mental conversation and decided that this was not the mission for him. He went so far as to try to remove himself from the situation physically. Yet, God was in control of all aspects of the situation. God was clearly determined that the people of the Nivenai repent and that Jonah would be the messenger for such a transformation. I wonder how God continues to work in our lives, especially when we come to the conclusion contrary to God's wishes. Well, thankfully, listeners, we haven't needed a whale to help us change our ways, at least not yet. Amen. And praying from our daily bread, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. Before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Lamb of God, thank you for the invitation to the heavenly wedding. 2 Samuel chapter 22. God rescued me from my powerful enemy. Pray with me. All powerful God, I need to be rescued. If you don't help me, I'm finished. I have no escape, so I am definitely turning to you. So please help me, Lord. Gaze up to heaven and pray with me this power of faith. 
Father, I am created in your image. Therefore, you made me to be anointed and extraordinary for glory and for your glory and not my own. In my pursuit of truth and belief, your love and kindness bless me with examples of faith, how it looks, how it sounds, how it acts, not just in your word, but also in my life. Lord, I marvel at how changing my thoughts from the natural to supernatural produce a God solution, a divine response, and an answer by faith. Faith always looks like what I cannot accomplish within my own ability. And when you assign a specific task to me, the more complicated the responsibility, the more I need to stay connected to you for the outcome. As you create the image in my mind, I realize my work is always faith. Yours is the final result. So, Father, I thank you for giving me words that echo encouragement within my spirit. You remind me in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, that faith the size of a mustard seed yields tremendous results. This scripture ministers to me, and I stay strengthened by your word, which leads me to another level of trust and assurance in you. I thank you for showing me faith is always a now behavior. Every day, Father, regardless of the size of the circumstance, faith is going to be the weapon that I will use to defeat the adversary. My awareness of this very simple belief is becoming an intricate part of my prayer life and my daily walk as I act by faith. I know you will provide the victory. So, Father, I thank you for removing the labor of worry from my life and teaching me the transforming power of faith. Love it. Love it. In the name of Jesus, I pray every day. Amen. Psalm 31. Oh, love the Lord, all you saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Matthew 21, assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, But also, if you say to this mountain, be moved, be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay right there, listeners. Stay right there. And here's a prayer for God's gifts. I asked God to give me happiness and God said no. He said that he gives me blessings. Happiness is up to me. 
I asked God to take away my pride and God said no. He said it was not for him to take away, but for me to give up. I asked God to spare me pain and God said no. He said suffering draws you apart from worldly cares and brings you closer to me. I asked God to grant me patience and God said no. He said patience is a byproduct of tribulations. It isn't granted, it is earned. I asked God to make my spirit grow and God said no. He said I must grow on my own, but he would prune me to make me fruitful. I asked God for all things that I might enjoy life, and God said no. He said I gave you life, that you may enjoy all things. I asked God to help me love others as much as he loves me. And God said, ah, oh, finally, you have the idea. Amen. And now a spectacle of glory. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. Listeners, have you ever watched a sculptor creating a statue from clay? They push it against that clay with strong, skillful hands, working intently and often wetting it down so that it might yield more easily. Well, we are God's handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Since we are divine works of art, still in process, the master artist will not be satisfied until our human clay has a certain character. He loves us and will take endless trouble to shape and conform us to the image of his son. We might wish at times that he wouldn't work the clay of our lives so hard, but God knows our limits. Through all our days and years, he works intently with consummate skill, teaching us to yield to his divine pressure. None of us should dare to wish for a less glorious destiny. Pray with me. Father, since I am still here on earth, Lord, I know your creative work is not finished yet. You're still shaping me still bending me to your purposes, still sculpting my destiny with infinite skill. Forgive me for the times I have resisted your work and your will. I promise to yield to your vision of what I can be. Amen. Beautifully put. Okay and hope for each day. Oh boy, they're talking about a spiritual virus. 
2 Peter chapter 3 says, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. Do you remember the last time you had the flu? You probably felt terrible and with good reason. The flu virus invaded your whole body and it made you feel weak all over. Well, that is what sin is like. Sin is like a spiritual virus that has invaded our lives, making us morally and spiritually weak. And we will never be completely free of it this side of eternity. The only sinless person who ever lived was Jesus Christ. Why can't we be sinless in this life? Why can't we be perfect? Well, one reason is because sin has weakened us so much that we don't have the strength to overcome its power. Sin is like a deadly disease that infects every part of us, our body, our mind, our emotions, our relationships, our motives, everything. But when we come to Christ, another spiritual power takes up residence within us. The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that takes sin seriously and guards against it. It resists its tug and it fights its power. So take the Holy Spirit seriously, listeners. Call on it to help you overcome sin's power and to live a holy and godly life. That's all we're asked to do. You were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. That is what God did for us. Jesus paid the price for our deliverance, a price far greater than our true value, and it did it solely because he loved us. Now we have been redeemed. Amen. God's purpose for your life. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Do not be afraid, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, your words were heard, Daniel, and I have come in response. Listeners, sometimes it will take time for the Lord to respond to your requests. The point is, keep praying, because God will answer you. And we see this in a wonderfully vivid way in Daniel chapter 10. Daniel had seen a vision from the Lord, but he didn't understand it. So for weeks, he prayed without ceasing. Perhaps you understand Daniel's desperation at not receiving a response. Because the Lord allows trials to assail your life. But there's no explanation. No explanation and so therefore sorrow fills your heart you may never know why it is that God delays and it may be because he's engineering your circumstances or 
teaching you to trust him despite your situation. Likewise, there may be forces standing in the way of God's will for you that you couldn't possibly imagine. And that was what was going on in Daniel's case. However, eventually God sent a messenger to answer Daniel. And certainly, he's going to respond to us as well. The key is that, like Daniel, you have to wait patiently for the Father. Be diligent and do not give up. Because God is working in the unseen and will certainly triumph on your behalf. So pray in faith, listeners, and wait on the Lord. Jesus, I wait in faith on you. Amen. Pray with me, listeners. I thank you, Lord, that you are always working on my behalf, even when I can't see the results. I remain steadfast in prayer today knowing that in due season, I will reap. Bring about your purposes in their correct time. I will wait patiently for you, Lord, knowing the answer is on its way. In the name of Jesus, amen. In God's way, day by day, 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. God does not accept us, love us, or forgive us on the basis of performance. He does not love the beautiful more than the plain. He does not love the high achiever more than the low achiever. He does not love the rich, famous, and other high social status more than he loves the poor, the unknown, and those of a low of a low social status. Nothing you can do regarding status, performance, or appearance will elevate you one inch in God's eyes. He accepts you because you come to him believing in Jesus Christ as the one who has taken full consequences of your sin. He loves you because he created you and has chosen to love you from the moment he first thought of you. Amen. Those words feel good. We gotta hear them from time to time. Amen. And God's promises for your life. Second Peter chapter one, verse three, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Many believers do not understand the vast riches that they already possess in Jesus Christ, an infinite treasury of wisdom and knowledge and all good things. The moment you accept him as your savior, you receive everything God is everything God does and everything that God provides. You lack nothing. God's immeasurable overflowing love and power 
are available to you by his grace for every trial, every decision, and every challenge. You just got to believe it, listeners. God is everything. Thank you for coming to pray with me today. Come back tomorrow. We'll do it again. We just got these blessings started. I'm so excited. Bye for now.